All right, welcome back. Welcome back to hello, When Aries Met Leo. Yes. I am Allie, she, they pronouns. I am the Aries. I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, Shandis, they, them. I'm the Leo. And here we are. We are back in Colorado. Thank God. Bless. We are back home. Sorry, LA, but you were brutal. And we'll get into <laughs> that and more. But yeah, we're back home. Very excited to be here, and we're going to be talking today about IVF post-IVF thoughts and reflections. Yeah, our last episode was kind of our preparation and deciding to do it, and now we're talking from the place of having... Done the thing. Done the thing. Yeah, yeah. So Some of the thing, at least. Yeah. We'll get um, into that. Yeah, and you know... Um, we kind of put out a call for questions over the last few days and lots of folks have been sharing questions that they've had. So I have a list here that we'll kind of be going through, um, kind of sprinkled through our own kind of recollection of like what it's honestly been like to go through this. So I'm going to give a synopsis of like what it's been like for me. I'm sure Ali will also share their side of things and yeah, hopefully that'll give us something to work with. Yeah, we're just going to share from our experience and hope that it's useful to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like, you know, like I think I mentioned this last time, but this time as well, like, you know, there's so little, so little, so little out there on trans mask egg retrievals. And now that I've done it, um, you know, I just feel so, you know so moved to share our experience and hopefully it helps guide others and it gives them you know lots to to learn from draw from and use yeah. in their own experience and their own decision making you and know? i think most people's questions were about logistics and we'll definitely cover all of that but after actually doing it i'm really interested in talking about how we feel yeah so <laughs> um so I, how do you feel yeah um <laughs> how do i feel i mean i you know, I, I want to start by saying, in response to that question, I want to thank, like, deeply and honestly, all the people that have been swarming us with love and with affection. Like, it has been so, so, so heartwarming to see and read all these words and all this affection because this is, it's a lot, you know, it's exhausting, it's draining, you know, and so it's just been really, really beautiful to be swarmed with so much love and I, I just, you know, in terms of how I, I feel, you know, I feel like, I was just telling Ali this, like I feel like we got in the car, we, we drove to LA and we, like I felt like a horse race, like mm. I was just like on a track and I kept running and running and running and running and then like, you know, now we're just like back home and it's like, I'm looking at the same trees and the same tulips and the same wood pile and it's, it's very weird, you know, it's, it's weird, but I, I feel just like regardless of all the bureaucratic and logistical and technical ish that we'll talk about, you know, I feel so, I just feel so confident and I feel like assured, like we know what we're doing and we got it done and we can do it and we can do anything. And it feels really empowering actually to see mm -hmm. yourself do that. Um, especially coming from a place where I didn't think I could do this. I absolutely right. didn't think I could do this um, for many reasons, which we'll get into. But, you know, to, to watch yourself do something that feels very impossible to you is really beautiful. And, you know, to, to feel Allie's love and support for the last, obviously, six plus years, but very heavily <laughs> over this last uh, month has been such just a, a tangible visual right of like what my family is growing into right of like what happens when we need to be there for one another when we need to you know rearrange life for a reason for a loved one right and like i know without a doubt that we can do that and we have done that so many times right the ivf just happens to be one of the many times that we've done that yeah. but all to say we can literally do anything and we have and i feel kind of you know really like proud of us like we've really achieved some shit here you're making me cry yeah there are tears folks there we go <laughs> so early. i didn't know you were gonna do that sorry okay so just you know well, how do i feel <laughs> <laughs> uh. um yeah it is a really beautiful thing that we you know i mean and i'm sure like in future episodes we'll talk more about this on our podcasts but um we've been through a lot of fucking shit together um <laughs> yeah and so it's funny because every time 
we're going through a new thing, it sort of feels like it's going to be impossible again. And then I watch us and I witness us do it. Um, so it is really empowering. Right. And it is empowering, especially in thinking about the context of like having a child and like bringing a little one into this world and raising them. Hopefully multiple. <laughs> Hopefully multiple. Um, yeah. You know, to know that we have so much love in this family yeah. and um, really step up for each other when needed. Um, right. Like, That's... I'm so grateful that you did this whole thing right. for us, you know? Yeah. It's always been really important to me to carry your egg. Like, I don't, I, I, that's just never been something I've even had to think about. It's Same. been very clear and very right. important to me from yeah. the beginning of our relationship when kids wasn't even a right. actual question. Right. I just still knew that. Yeah. And so for you to go through this process that I know for many years, you were like, I don't think I can ever do it. Um, and to me, because that was so important to me to carry your egg, I was like, that means we're not having kids. Like yeah. that was what it meant um yeah which sometimes i'm like oh that's interesting because i guess i have eggs too but it's just the way i've always wanted to do it yeah um yeah and so yeah i think i'm just so grateful that you did such an intense physical process yes for us and for our family like yeah. that's a big deal oh are you crying? You don't cry. I don't cry. I'm smiling. That's really cute. <laughs> my hand is on my heart. That is really sweet. You know, and, and it is. So we'll get into it, right? This is a big, this is a big deal, right? So anyone doing IVF, it's a big one. So, you know, definitely be sweet with them. Be tender to them because they're dealing with a lot. They're going through a lot. And yeah, I'm glad I know that now. Oh, I didn't like doubt. Anyone in but my now life I know who's ever going personally. through IVF, I'm going to just be like... Yeah. Sending them hearts every day. Right. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll start um, by actually giving like a brief synopsis of like what the entire trajectory looks like. I think that'd be helpful mm -hmm. um, timeline wise. And like I said, I'll try and pull some of the questions that we've been getting from folks and then, you know, let the discussion just kind of unfold into our brilliant reflections. How about that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Timeline. Um, yeah, so you decide you want to do it, right? And so I'll say this. Obviously, uh, one, we're not doctors at fucking all, but we are just no. two people who have done the thing and, you know, we'll be sharing our experience. I, you know, am transmasculine, and that is obviously the big question here when it comes to doing an egg retrieval, right? So I knew that going in, this was going to be a tough one. You know, I was like... You know, if you listen to the last podcast, like, terrified. I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I have never been to the gynecologist in my life until the first time I went four years ago. And for this exact reason, and was scared shitless of what they asked of me. And so I left because I knew that I couldn't do it, right? So I do want to spend a minute talking about what is actually asked of the body for this procedure. Because I think that's probably what transmasculine folks... Are most worried about the more prepared you are right right the better you can make the decision right for yourself of whether it's something that makes you sense. want to do or not right so yeah so in order to do an IVF cycle right um, you need to yeah obviously have a place to do it so hopefully you know you find a place a gynecologist doctor what have you but um, you know they they need to do uh, a checkup and my favorite you know I call it it's a fucking joke at this point, but the probe. <laughs> so the probe is, you know, they call it an ultrasound. It is an ultrasound and it goes in your parts and it's, you know, definitely got to be the most difficult part, I would assume, for transmasculine folks who have bottom dysphoria of any sort. Um, it single-handedly was the reason that kept me from doing it for many years because I had, you know, dysphoria that was not gonna let that happen absolutely not right and as i mentioned in the last episode i was very comfortable vocalizing that i would take death over gynecology visits any point in time <laughs> like that was something i was saying you know pretty much up until last year so that's um something to think about right? if you are gonna do it that will be asked of you multiple times probably five or six times so that's something to to keep in mind right but 
you'll go in, um, <clears throat> they will, you know, explain the whole process to you, right, more or less. Um, they will need to be, like I said, they will need to be able to, you know, use that probe. And that is so that they can actually see, like, your ovaries and your eggs and, like, your follicles and, like, what's going on in there, right? And, um, you know, they... They actually ask you to go back every other day. I mean, obviously fertility clinics might have different rules or whatnot, right? But you go every other day so they can actually watch the growth and up your dose, decrease your dose, put you on a different medication, whatever it is, right? And we'll get into the meds in a second, but that um, that's kind of the big, big request, right? And, you know, I will, I will say, you know, um, this straight up might be a no. This might be a thing where you're just like, hell no, I'm not gonna do it, right? Because um, it's too much, or it's not right, or it doesn't feel okay, or it's really, really invasive. It's the most fucking invasive. It doesn't get more invasive, and that's about it, right? Yeah. And it's, it's like I said, something that kept me from doing it for years, and I totally hear you, and I see you, and if you feel like you can't, then you can't, and that's it, and that's just not, that's not your moment, and this might not be what it, looks like for you right now, right? Um, I will say I have heard, I have heard of people doing this without the ultrasound in the parts, but I've also heard that's less um, accurate for that reason, yeah. right? Because they can't actually get in there and check the over ovaries, ovarian reserve, whatever the fuck. Right, so I mean, that's the part where like, we're sharing our experience and feel free to ask, Right. doctors and fertility clinics any of the questions you have oh, to make do. it work for you like yeah. right so you know if your doctor's willing to help you figure out a way where you don't need to do this cool but i assume that that would make it less accurate that that's what right. i understand right so yeah so you do that you do a bunch of blood labs um lots of blood labs they check your everything and you're giving blood so hopefully that doesn't irritate you because you'll be doing it I probably gave blood eight, some eight, nine times or something like that. So lots of blood. Every other day. Every other day. So yeah, you're doing, yeah, ultrasound, couple blood work. Couple days every day. Yeah. I don't know. At what? the end, a couple times it was every day. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, a mess. lot. Yeah. You're going to be there a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to say in terms of timeline for people who were curious about the timeline, I was asked to stop taking tea about a month prior to starting the IVF cycle, right? So that's important to know. And I, you know, you know, I got a question, how long off T and how long on E? Um, you know, you take the estrogen for about nine, 10 days, the estrogen shots, which I'll get into in a second. But I did want to speak about, you know, I got a lot of questions about hormonal changes and emotions, right? And so that's something to speak on is, you know, I am on the lowest dose of T that one could probably take. You know, people are usually taking between 0.2 or 0.5 milliliters. That's what we're usually taking um, weekly. And so I take 0.2 weekly, which is pretty much the lowest dose. And, you know, people do take 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5 even, which is on the higher end of things. And so based on what you take and what you're coming off of, you might have a different experience. And I'll talk about my experience with estrogen. But since I was on the lowest dose, I feel like, you know, my body had about four, actually over four weeks, more like five weeks because of scheduling off the testosterone. And so, um, you know, that did really make it a lot smoother or easier in my opinion. But I did want to say you take off, you know, you stop taking the tea, then you go get your checkups, you run your blood tests, they make sure you're all good to go and set and healthy, right? And then they actually make you take birth control. So, they make you take birth control before you start your IVF cycle. And this is important for trans masculine people who have been on testosterone for a long time because what they're basically trying to do is induce your body into a like a cycle, which we probably yeah. don't have, right? So if you've been taking tea like me for over four years, you haven't had like a whatever cycle. I don't know, is there another word for it? Like you haven't had a cycle in, in years, right? And so I haven't had one in over four years. Um, and so... They make you take the birth control to convince the body to kind of go through that routine, right? And so they, they say, you know, to take it for however many days this lines up with your schedule and then to stop taking it, right? So you're supposed to get a period in some form or fashion before you actually start taking the estrogen to start an IVF cycle, right? You are. You didn't. What? You didn't do that, did you? I didn't get a period. Uh oh. Right. 
So I'm, I'm trying to say that I didn't get a period because I hadn't, I, I don't know, I guess my body was like, fuck that, it's not gonna happen, right? So it didn't happen. <laughs> it, you don't have to. Okay. No, you don't have to. Yeah. You have to take, you probably have to take the birth control is what I'm saying, to convince the body to go through whatever it needs to go through, estrogen-wise and cycle-wise, mm -hmm. right? But I did not get that period because I think my body has been pretty much like, we're not doing that. <laughs> and it's been a long time since it's been asked to do that, so it didn't do that, right? Um, so, yeah, you take the birth control, you stop taking birth control, and then when it all lines up and you start your cycle, you know, again, you go in that day, ultrasound, blood labs, what have you, right? And then you take your shots, which is the big B for the IVF experience, right? And so shots are, you know, could be a big thing for you, could be a... Could be a deal breaker. I don't know. Um, depends who you are. For me, it's really not that difficult. Like it would be a deal breaker for me, except we yeah, already Allie's, did this half of the process, Allie, and so to finish the process, I have to take shots yeah. to make it all worth it. I'll, I'll give you your shots. <laughs> don't worry about that. I'll give you your shots. But yeah, the um, the shots. So like, I, I don't, like that you think that someone else giving me the shots makes it better. It does. I don't think you could give yourself a shot to save no, your life. No, I don't really think it right. makes it much better. Well, anyway, Keep so we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> but for for shots, I mean, I like you know I've been taking tea for years, like I said, and it's not something that I really sweat at this point. Like, never actually really been an issue for me. I'm able to take them with no really no hesitation, and so. I thought, okay, yeah, IVF, no big deal. Like, I'll just take some more shots. But um, you're talking about going from once a week with one vial to every night, multiple vials, multiple shots, multiple powders and liquids and everything you're mixing together and, like, medications that are being switched and upped and changed. And so, you know, it's, like, it's a little, a little bit more cumbersome, to say the least. There's a lot more involved in the, in the shots for IVF. But, you know, uh, I, I can do it, and I did it, and, like, it's not a big deal for me, but that might totally fuck someone up, right? Like putting your own shot in your own stomach every night, like 10 nights might, might suck. That might definitely fuck people <laughs> up. Right. So, you know, just something to think about if you're, you know, thinking about doing this. And I will say, you know, because people were worried or, you know, asking me about my hormonal changes or emotions and whatnot. Like I really, really thought it'd be a lot worse. I really thought it would be so much more intense and so much more drastic and it wasn't. And I remember going to the doctor and being like, I don't really feel like a difference. And she was like, great. And I was like, well, what? And she was like, yeah, some people really don't. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. <laughs> and so it was really, really cool that it wasn't that big of a deal for me emotionally. Like I, you know, I remember the first few days I was like, when is it going to drop? Like, when am I going to like lose my mind? And it didn't happen. Like it did not happen at all. It was actually honestly not, like I said, yeah. Not that different. Like I'd say, I noticed like ten percent of gentle moodiness. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> ten percent uh, difference in like mood, <laughs> in terms of like you know I would just experience something and then like maybe it would actually like hurt me a little bit more or I'd feel more sensitive about it, right? But that wasn't was not at all nearly what I thought it was gonna be. Like I thought I was gonna be like sobbing on the ground. Like I thought I was gonna be like running around moody and really, really intense and all over the place. Absolutely not the case, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, not to say that your will, you will experience something that smooth, or like I have no clue. I think everybody is gonna respond differently. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I don't know. And like Ali also thought I was gonna be like weeping and she had like planned a This Is Us marathon. You thought you were gonna be we weeping. Well, so you, I was like, right. I'm so down for this. Right. Let's turn on This Is Us watch the entire thing and sob together and we we did not and i did not i didn't even cry i didn't even cry and at we all we didn't even watch <laughs> this is us right so it was like you know the, i will say the show that has carried me through this experience has been grace and frankie and i wouldn't have put it any other way it's been real, <laughs> it's been a real charmer so yeah i mean emotions i i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like it's cake because it's not but i definitely was surprised by how little my emotional what right. have you was was disrupted. I mean, we'll talk about this more later, but the process is emotional, not necessarily. Right. And I think that's what I'm realizing. Hormones, right. Everyone says IVF is so emotional, and I think what they what they are saying is the experience and the 
not knowing what's going to happen is emotional, not necessarily the estrogen and the shots, which right. no one fucking told me. So I thought the shots were going to like make me go fucking wild, but I didn't. So that's cool. And, you know, that's, that's just my experience. But in terms of physical response, because you will have physical response, right? Like I just felt, you know, uh, plump. Like, your ovaries are growing, you know? My doctor's so funny, but my main doctor, she was like, oh, you're young. She was like, your ovaries are gonna, like, swell. You're gonna be, like, the size of oranges. I was like, for sure. So, you know, you're gonna have big-ass ovaries for a second, you know? And they will be swelling and plump, and you will feel... Big-ass ovaries. (laughs) I want to make that a song. Yeah, you know, it's... Put it over the sound of WAP. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, your your body will will change a little. It'll swell a little. Nothing drastic, but, like, I will say, like, you know, by day four or five, I was like, I'm not fucking wearing jeans. So get yourself them comfy yeah. pants and give up on your tight pants because they just they don't make no sense. Like, don't, don't waste your time with that. Um, and you were tired. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest experience, a symptom, what you want to call it, that I had was, yeah, like exhaustion, really, honestly. Like, I feel like I don't know if it was, you know, getting up at 5, 6 every morning and driving to L.A. Or, you know, if it was the beautiful 100-degree week that we had in L.A. But it was just this intense exhaustion that I had. You know, like, I was really, yeah. really tired. And, you know, it hit me, like, day four or five. And I was, like, I looked at Allie and I was, like, I am just so tired. And, like, I don't know why. And she looked at me and she was, like, your body's doing a lot. And I was, like, oh, my God. How dare I forget that, you know? <laughs> like, it was, like, I knew that I was doing a lot because you're getting up every day at five, six, sitting in beautiful one-and-a-half-hour traffic to get to UCLA Medical Center to sit and wait in the waiting room for an hour to see a doctor to go downstairs to wait another hour to give blood and like, you know, that shit's, that's exhausting as it is. But then I felt like just this intense gravitational pull to the earth of just sheer exhaustion. I just would collapse and take naps every day because I was so, so tired. And you know, that one, I would just say that's an hormonal effect that didn't really shock me or scare me, right? Like I'm, right. I'm okay feeling tired. That's something I can take care of, right? So mm-hmm. that, that one wasn't. Naps. Yeah, wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, what what was your IVF experience of going in daily and, you know, how it felt to be a part of that? Mm, it was it was definitely overwhelming. Um, it felt like a lot of moving parts and there are time sensitive parts like because it's all cycle based. Mhm. So I don't know, it just like for my ADHD brain, that was a little bit overwhelming, I guess. Um, and right, like it's shots one day, well, shots every day, but like going for ultrasound, going for blood work, right? Then going, you know, pick up the sperm on one side of LA, drive it to the other side, right? Did you know you can drive sperm in your car? <laughs> <laughs> Things you learn. Things you learn. Yeah. It's in a liquid nitrogen tank, in case anyone's curious. And I was like, is this safe? Like, I was like, right. what if it's hot? I was like, it's 100 degrees out. Yeah. Like, I, I literally told her, I was like, it's hot. Like, is this okay? And they were like, yeah, don't worry about it. So yeah. You learn some shit. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of phone calls where you're coordinating all of these things. Um, I mean, especially because we were doing the embryo creation. Do we? No, we haven't mentioned oh. the difference. So, you know, a lot of people do egg retrieval and they freeze their eggs, but um, we were doing an egg retrieval and creating embryos because we know we want to have a kid together and there's no sperm in this relationship. So we have to get the sperm from elsewhere. So the reason we did that is because it's kind of a higher rate of success if you're freezing embryos. embryos. Um, But the reason sometimes people are just freezing eggs is because you don't necessarily know whose sperm you're trying to create the embryo with. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, so we did. So that... That did take an extra sort of level of coordination. Um, you know, you have to pick a sperm donor. You have to go get it and bring it to the place where they're going to create the embryos. Um, yep. So overall, the experience was definitely, it was all-consuming because it was just all I could think about, really. Right. <laughs> and also consuming because your doctor's appointment one day, your sperm bank the next 
another doctor's appointment, taking shots at night. Like, it's just kind of, it's around you in every moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So just, like, clear the whole fucking schedule if you can. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I said, we live in Colorado, but, you know, we basically cleared our schedules to go back to L.A. to do this. And, you know, I, I just... I can't stress how little you will be able to do jack shit else. <laughs> like, um, you know, especially as the person doing it, you know, like I, you know, you know, I felt fine. I felt okay. And I could get up and walk around and do stuff. But like, I, you know, um, definitely didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to go out and see people. I didn't want to, like, I just want to sit and chill and veg like a right. potato. And oh, on that note, I don't think I mentioned this, but you know, before you start, they give you this list of things of not to do and to do, right? And so it says, basically, they're all not to do. So they're like, you know, avoid alcohol, which I love that. So don't, no drinking, limit caffeine, which I just took to mean, okay, no caffeine, right? No exercise. Um, and I remember I asked the nurse, I was like, what do you mean no exercise? I was like, can I walk? And she said, yeah, you can walk, but pretty much you can't do anything else, right? So those are some strict circumstances for folks that you might not be like, oh, like, how do I live without exercise or coffee or alcohol, right? If that's you, then, you know, you have to think about how, how to actually go through an IVF cycle. Um, but yeah, you're basically operating at like bare minimum human life. Like you're just like there <laughs> and you're just eating and you're just resting and you're just literally yeah. creating as many eggs as you can. And that's all that you're there to do for those 10 days. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, took the shots every night did what I could, and rested, and, you know, I... Oh, you did take prenatal vitamins. Right. Just on a do as opposed to a don't. Right. Yeah, you can take supplements. I know some people make wild assortments. I just took one prenatal vitamin that was supposed to help out with, yeah, my eating and all that. And, yeah, I think after you do 10 days of that, you do five, six ultrasounds. I gave blood, like, seven, eight times. Like, I, I don't know. And then... You, um, yeah, you do what's called an egg retrieval. And I will say, you know, they, they call it a procedure, which is really sweet, but it's actually a fucking surgery. <laughs> it's just a very short and sweet surgery. It's very, it's very, you know, quick. So you're kind of in and out in, in like, like pretty much an hour, less than an hour. So that's, that's nice, but it's, it's a surgery, folks. Like, yeah, you go under general anesthesia, you know, you got to take off all your clothes, get in that funny gown. They kind of drag you, roll you into that room. Um, you know, there's a bunch of nurses in there running around, getting everything ready, and like I'm in there making nervous wisecracks while we get the anesthesia going in my blood. So you know, it's, it's yeah, like it's 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 a fucking big deal. It's a thing, you know. And yeah. I do want to address some of the questions I got. Was you know what does it mean? What does surgery mean? How does it feel? Does it hurt? Those are some of the questions that I've gotten. So you know, surgery means that. Oh, I didn't say this, but you take all these shots and then like kind of the last day they tell you to take what's called a trigger shot, right? And I'm no doctor, but you know, the trigger shot basically lets your eggs know it's time to come down and hang out. So they come down the path <laughs> and they come somewhere closer, I'm assuming. And so, you know, exactly 36 hours after you take that shot or whatever, based on your dosage, you know, you go into the surgery table and then they go out and, you know, they put you under, you're in there and, you know, doctor goes back in. Same route, same approach, and um, you're under, which is great, and I would fucking not prefer it any other way. I'm very grateful they put you out, right? And then they go in there and extract whatever eggs they can, um, whatever has shown up is how I understand it, right? And, you know, like I said, you're pretty much, you're in and out. You don't, you don't know what's going on. So, like, you wake up less than an hour after they rolled you in there and you're um yeah I mean yeah I woke up with some pain nothing that knocked my socks off nothing that I was unprepared for like definitely pain in the stomach for a little while some cramping some yeah just discomfort um but I took some Tylenol the as soon as I woke up and you know I, I rested and laid down and I was I was pretty fine yeah I mean yeah, moving and such is hard, you know, like getting up, sitting down, walking around, you know, that whole experience was unpleasant the Potholes first couple of days. driving home. Yeah, that was not nice. You'll feel every fucking pothole <laughs> on the way out, but it's to be expected. It was the same for top surgery. Like you just feel every tiny little thing. I, when I was driving you, that was literally what yeah. it reminded me of. Right. 
Because the body is new out of... Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, trying to be so gentle, but the L.A. streets are mean. Fucking L.A. streets are <laughs> transphobic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just be mindful of that. Like, there's really no way around potholes in Los Angeles. So right. it's just what it is. But, you know, nothing... The pain wasn't anything that was unreal, right? Nothing that some painkillers and some time can't get you through. And, you know, by day f- morning four, I think, I was, like... Totally fine, 100%. I could put my jeans on, was out like doing gardening, and no problem. So you'd probably even heal sooner than that if you rested well the first couple of days. I just was dying to get out of Los Angeles, so we just like busted out and headed east <laughs> against doctor orders. But I was like, I can't be here any longer. I need to go home. And so, you know, I was a passenger. Obviously, do not drive. You can't drive. Don't even try that. But, I drove. Yeah, it was really um, not that bad, you know, with some rest and some... Yeah. Some good food. So, yeah. I mean, any observations from your side of the surgery? And, you know, I don't know. How... Well, I just, because of COVID rules, I couldn't come in. Yeah. So that was just hard for me that emotionally. Um, but, you know, it's hard to just send your loved one into a building. Yeah. Um, I know. Like a big fucking like procedure. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, at least it was short, you right. know, so it wasn't really that long that I right. was away from you. Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, you woke up, and I was there and excited to come get yeah. you. And, and like, I don't think I've mentioned this, but, like, I just, like, because this is so emotional, and, like, like you just, like, bond. Like, I bonded hard with my doctors and my nurses and, like, people I didn't know very well either. Like, even the random nurse that was helping me out at 6.30 in the morning. Like, right. We just chit-chatted you know and you know she yeah. probably thought I was psychotic like who is this man having an egg retrieval making wisecracks but I was like let's go like why not you know because yeah like why the fuck not so anyway I um was yeah just really cool to see the doctor and to just know a familiar face and to like you know have that as you're going in because it could get pretty scary in there you know yeah. but like I said it's it's a blessing. You're under, you're in and out, and it's pretty much over fast. Right. And then you can come out, and hopefully your partner's there with a box full of donuts. Yeah. Really I sick. went and got you donuts. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. And my favorite, mind you, chocolate. Shandy's loves donuts. Chocolate with rainbow sprinkles. Yes. So, um, uh, yeah, and then another, I think the final question that I had was kind of, oh, two, cost and how are the doctors? So let's do... How are the doctors first? Okay. I mean, this is our experience. Like, it's... Yeah. I have no idea what you'll exp- your experience will be based off of where you do it. Yeah. Um, You know, four years ago, we went to the same place and didn't... You know, people were kind of, like, confused when Shandis went up and was like, I'm the one who's here for this. Yeah, they were a little rude at the front desk. Yeah. The doctors have always been good but the, okay. the front yeah. desk was a little weird and then um but then now we, we saw a bunch of improvements since we came back and there oh, was yeah. really no I mean you should fully answer that but my understanding is it went very smoothly and people didn't look at us weird or yeah question so I'd say my experience at this doctor's office was like entirely a normal patient experience right and that's really saying something as a trans masculine person yeah. walking into, into a, a gynecologist's office yeah. and it's not like you can keep your head down and go in once like you're there every fucking day right, right? <laughs> you're there and I, I you know I make jokes with all the nurses like I was like you miss me because like I've literally seen them eight hours ago because like that's how often right. you're there and like you know they all know you and you're you know everyone and everyone's running around and you know you say hi and you know like I fucking love the team there you know like I yeah. felt very very supported and that was just that's how it should be right like that's actually how it should fucking be especially because ivf is is a lot you know it's It's a very emotional process like people i mean obviously people deserve care that makes them feel supported i mean right in everything but i think um i wish that for any everyone unfortunately i'm not sure that that's the case like in every fertility clinic and so you know i recommend calling people asking around anyone who's done it before if they've had a good experience like right I'd say your number the best one we can do. number one resource here is other trans folks um, who have done it and have had good experiences. And I'm saying this out loud, and I know of only one other person who's done it. And quite frankly, I don't even know if he had a good experience. I just know that he's done it. So that's why, 
we're here and we're sharing this, um, you know, because it's, yeah, like, I know there's others out there. I know there's people listening to this. I know there's people thinking about it. I know there's people who are too scared to do anything about it because they think that they can't do it, right? Right. And, like, I... I know there are clinics that are queer and trans friendly and I know they exist and I know they're out there and I and I've been, you know, so blessed that people have reached out queer people have reached out to us and have been telling us, you know, stories of where it's worked and all that and you know, I'd say just hit up the people you know and and they will respond. Queer and trans people are beautiful like that. So they right. will they will they will reach out if they've done it, what they know and share that knowledge and that wealth of knowledge because you never know, right? You know, the, I hope for you that you find wherever you live, right? Somewhere close, somewhere convenient, somewhere yeah. reasonably priced, which we'll get to in a second. Um, you know, somewhere that makes sense for you. And you might be listening to this and being like, fuck all that. Like, I'm not doing any of it, right? And like, that's fine. That's where you're at. That's what you want. Then you do what you need to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that leads me to cost and insurance, mm-hmm. which is... You know, um, oh, right. Yeah, so the cost of this is, yeah, it's a big question. A lot of people sent it our way, and, you know, I'll say it has an equally big answer. It's a fuck ton of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, Um, it is. It is. So I'll say in terms of insurance, um, you know, I'm speaking from UCLA, UCLA Health Insurance. As a student. As a student. And this is relevant for you if you're also a UCL, not UCLA, just a UC UC student. If you're on the UC student health insurance plan and you're trans and you're trans masculine or a trans man and have been taking testosterone, this applies to you because I think you have to qualify through all that, have been taking hormones. And the way that I understand they frame this is kind of classified as an infertility, right? And that's why they cover egg freezing for us but anyway by cover egg freezing for us that means you still have to pay a couple thousand dollars and maybe a little bit more than that but i think that's about the price yeah for the retrieval that was for egg freezing right right which is that you know that's what it is and that's great because that's a coverage that we've now obtained like i said in the last episode that we didn't have just a few years back so if that's what you're thinking of doing and all those you know check marks apply then that's swell right but and if not, I recommend you check with your insurance, but also know and expect not. it's probably not covered. Right, it's probably not covered. So um, I'll say, you know, quite frankly, we've spent um, at least over 15000 15, at this point, and that's because of embryo creation, which is where the big chunk of money comes out, because to freeze eggs is one thing, but to take the egg and one by the sperm and then mix them sperm ain't cheap <laughs> to do all that and then i think to it should be genetically test it that's funny <laughs> and then to genetically right? test it costs a little bit more and so yeah um you should expect to pay a hell of a lot more most like i said last time most ivf cycles usually cost somewhere between like you know high teens if not 20 to twenty five thousand. and that doesn't cover then i think they do if you buy it all, like right that, like twenty five covers the. No, I mean, transfer. sorry. Go ahead. What we what we've paid has not covered transferring it right. to me. Right. Um, Which is a whole different cost, whole different procedure, right? Whole, whole another round. And so, also, I know a lot of people considering freezing eggs just in my own life, and the amount of money it costs, and I think also, just kind of like remembering that then you, it's more money. Later, too. Yes. Right. <laughs> To create embryos and then to transfer it inside yeah. of the body. So, you know, I'll say there was a point at this at this time where we also were like, should we just like walk away and fucking be like, we're not doing this? Because there's a point where you realize you're going to be paying, you know, at least $20,000 for what is still considered a fucking chance and is definitely not guaranteed, right? And we looked at each other and we're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like... Yeah. Um, but, you know, we made the choice. We made the decision. And, like, obviously something's there because I've gone to this same fucking facility, like, three times. And I yeah. you know, was like, this time we're not walking away. So I think there's something greater that's pulled me here. So I'm hoping, you know, to make it make it all work. But, you know, it does, it does cost a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously, I'm assuming, like, a mega reason besides the dysphoria, besides the discomfort, besides the shots and the needles, right? That keeps a lot of people away from yeah. the, doing this, you know? And that's nothing to... 
joke about, right? That's mm-hmm. a big that's a big commitment. It's a lot of money and it's a big investment, right? And like you got to make the choice that makes sense for you, right? Like I quite frankly ran away from that. Like they told me the price a few years back and I said fuck this. Like I can't do it. I literally couldn't even imagine doing it. Mm-hmm. And luckily now, you know, I've saved enough quietly, worked and saved to I guess theoretically pay for my future babies. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the gist on costs and insurance. You know, hopefully that helps. Again, like probably not covered for you because it's usually not covered for anyone. So, you know, just just yeah. check around and ask folks. Folks might know people or places that are more reasonably priced, but it's usually just a steep, steep bill. So, yeah. And before I leave the questions, I don't think anyone asked me this, but I do want to share this. You know, do you actually get a period? after the IVF cycle and I didn't fucking know this until I was like already in but the answer is yes <laughs> and that's that's big news right again that adds to the dysphoria tab right like I thought I was done like I got you know I definitely got over my dysphoria comfortable enough to let a doctor probe you every other fucking morning like good morning um but yeah um then you get a nice fat period at the end just to really bring it all home and remind you what's what so that's also to be expected I definitely Definitely didn't know that starting off, but I guess it fucking makes sense because you've basically been injecting estrogen into your body to convince it to make hella You're eggs. forcing a cycle. Right. And so yeah. it has to flush out at some point, right? So also right. to expect that and to know that that will happen. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. So now I'm going to ask just like the couple general questions. Yeah. Can, yeah. Did we cover all the logistics? I think so. I think so. There's a lot of logistics. It's hard to remember. Yeah. All, but. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll close that little suction by subsection by saying, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I wish I could share everything with everyone, but hopefully this little, this little synopsis has been helpful, especially for people who are really interested in like the details of what it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, trans or not, you know, there's a lot to be known that you don't really know. So I hope that this, this kind of helps guide your experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just the big one. Like, what has it been like for you to watch me go through this, for you to go through this on your end of the IVF cycle? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Remember all those beautiful things we said earlier? Mm-hmm. They're still true. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another side to it, oh which I would describe as being in the middle of a tornado. <laughs> That is just a bunch of syringes and vials and ultrasound images and ultrasound probes and phone calls and phone numbers and hold line music and doctor's names just floating all around you in shots and medical terms. Um, And that's kind of what it's like. And then all of a sudden the tornado stops and you're like, okay, cool. Um... So it's temporary. That's the fun part. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's just sort of like acute and intense, I would say. Yeah. Um, it was definitely overwhelming. Like, I just feel yeah. like being real about that, you know, because I didn't really know it was going to be so overwhelming and like all consuming. Like, I didn't want to talk to anyone about anything else the whole time. <laughs> I was like, this is all I have to offer anyone <laughs> is like talking about IVF. Right. So if that's what you want to talk to me about, let's go. Um, right. You know, it's just, it just felt like that. And, you know, it was like I was trying to keep the bigger picture in sight of like, oh, like, you know, we're doing this because we're going to try for a child. And like, oh, how do I feel about that? And all of these things. And I was able to access that in moments. But sometimes it just kind of felt like a very bureaucratic, logistical, clinical process. Um, and it didn't necessarily always have the magic (laughs) in it. Um, you know, and so that's just like, to be real about that, like you might have a different experience, but I feel like that's a pretty common one from what I'm hearing from other people now. Um, yeah, but I feel grateful that, you know, we did have such great doctors and a great team that we felt supported by and each other um you know to lean on and talk about and my friends and all that so yeah yeah that's what it was like like i honestly 
I don't know. I thought it would be a lot worse. Like it really wasn't. It wasn't. I think I expected it to be a lot more drastic and bodily changed. That I was really pleasantly surprised when it wasn't that bad. Right. I think I wasn't expecting it to be that bad because it wasn't my body. Mm. Mm. And you're so expe- went in with different expectations, right? Because right. I was like, it's not my body. I'll be chilling. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but I was not really chilling. Yeah, no, um, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. I just realized that was yeah. probably the difference. I feel like, yeah, I just, I I had a lot of fun. Like, that's fucking bizarre. <laughs> but, like, I had a lot of fun because I had, it. you know, okay, as much fun as a human could possibly have going through, like, what is most the most bureaucratic, exhausting, and, like, draining IVF cycle. Like, that's just what it is, right? right. So, like, I, you know... Woke up every day and, you know, you just don't think about it. You're like, all right, we're going to listen to an hour and a half worth of top 40 Ryan Seacrest crap on the way to UCLA and just like, <laughs> you know, park, um, you know, three blocks away because I don't want to pay $15 for parking every day and like walk to the office and then say hi to the clerks and just be nice. And like, I just, I think I had a lot of fun in basic conversation with the clerks and the nurses and whoever, right? Like, because that's... Like, that's the experience of it. That was the thread that was weaved through my entire experience was all the little faces that, like, took my blood or the faces that mm-hmm. checked my height and weight or the, you know, the people that, you know, were cleaning out your medical room, like, whatever, you know? And yeah. it's, it's like, I just, I came with so much lightness and so much humor to a lot of it, actually. Like, there's no other way than to make jokes. And so I did that, and it really kept me light throughout the entire process. Like, I actually really enjoyed it it wasn't like oh fuck this i gotta get up and oh fuck this i'm grumpy and oh fuck this i don't want to you know i want to be angry and bitter and like i don't want to wait an hour and like you know i i never really went into that attitude i just went in i think i went in knowing that's all that it was going to be was it was going to be weights (laughs) you're going to have to wait a long time you're going to have to deal with problem after obstacle after failed insurance process or whatever right and so it's um i don't know what that attitude is but I went in and I felt like it was actually kind of fun to like just go through the whole thing and meet all these people and just like watch this whole life experience of like people who run this show and do this all the fucking time you know yeah what about the part um where like you're doing all of it and then you don't know what the result's gonna be (laughs) yeah so I was gonna ask the next question is what kept you sane during the the process and so to speak on what Ali just mentioned here, right? So we are making embryos, which means that, you know, as soon as they wake you up or you wake up from anesthesia, they tell you you got how many eggs you got, right? Which might be all that you do, right? But since we are freezing embryos, we need to wait seven days to hear back from the facility on how many of those actually matured and fertilized into embryos, right? And so we have no fucking clue at this point, at this exact moment, if all of this has reached fruition or not. And then, you know, after that, another like week to two weeks, they have to run genetic tests and make sure that the healthy, the embryos are healthy and viable. And so, you know, there's, there is a lot more of this kind of now is done with the physical and now it's more of the emotional weight. So what has kept you sane during this process? Um, well, my sanity was wavering. (laughs) So yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't identify as sane. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely wavered. Um, yeah. It was just a really, it was it was very overwhelming and all-consuming. And not necessarily all bad, but just, like, not my normal day-to-day life right. <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I think what kept me sane was your dai, your uncle's food. We'd yeah. go over um, a lot. And just sit down, and then he'd just start cooking, like, seven different options for yeah, us to eat. you know, that was a blessing, for it sure. Just, that always just made me really happy. Yeah. Because um, you're just tired, man. Whether you're the yeah. one taking shots or the one that, you know, thank God she was driving me because I wasn't about to be swerving and cutting through L.A. traffic all bloated and shit, you know? So it's really... I was really tired, too, yeah. yeah. Um, I had no problem taking those naps with you, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was also like, I was drawing a lot because I felt like I didn't have access to all my tools. I wasn't like, oh, I can do like yoga or I can dance. Like I was like, I don't want to move. I'm tired. Um, I can't go on a walk. It's 95 degrees outside or like, right. <laughs> I mean, I call friends sometimes, but you know, it was just, I, 
all I had was just like focusing my mind on some artistic expression for a certain amount of time. Um, drawing's kind of the always, always the thing I do when I'm like losing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I mean, my conversations with friends, like just being able to talk to people and be listened to. Yeah. When I needed to be. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's huge, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Also, people getting excited. That was one thing. Mm. Like, if I was talking to a friend, I could be, I'd be like, I, this is a lot. And then they'd be like, but babies. And I'd be like, right, we're right, babies. <laughs> right, right. You know, well, and that what was. What you don't know is that right now I have three powder vials and I'm blending into a sodium chloride vial and I need to take it at exactly this hour or else it's all going to shit. Right. But like babies, yeah. Right. So it was nice to like have other people's like reminder that this was an exciting process yeah. um, when I couldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, kept, what kept me sane during this process? You know, I'll say one thing that has been really important to me. Um, which, you know, well, I'll just say this. I am, you know, I do spiritual guidance work, so I'm a really spiritual person. And, like, I knew that um, my physical body being altered this much would alter my capacity to be, you know, spiritually present with myself because I would just feel groggy and, like, kind of chunky and, like, weird in different parts of me that I'm not used to, you know? And so I um, recorded a meditation for myself. And, you know, because it's what I do, it was fucking great. And, you know, I'll say it was something that I did before when I was, like, you know, way, way better, in a way better state of mind, you know. And um, it was aligned very well with the change of the seasons, you know. It was no ruse, it was the beginning of spring, right. And it was here, you know, the melting of the snow, right, and the rebirth of new grass and spring blossoms and fertility and this whole rebirth energy and so I really recorded this meditation drawing from that energy right and I, I you know used obviously my own voice and recorded it with that and kind of paralleled it with this process of my body which has been on tea which you know I have been taking for years so I equated that to the you know having been frozen and kind of thawing out and now letting my body kind of um, tap back into its egg base right and to actually let those let those babies out. Wow, literally, fuck, that's so funny. Yeah, so, you know, the, the meditation was really cool because, you know, I had it, and I, you know, I did it almost every day, and it really helped. It really helped remind me of who I am, who I was, who I will be again, you know, because when you're in the middle of a cycle, you might lose your sense of self because you're totally, you know, totally different you're feeling a little off you know you're not feeling like you, you're not resting as well your schedule's not the same you're probably in a different place well, I was like right you? like we were at home which is right. another thing right and that you know it's just a little dysregulating yeah it was a period. big big difference right yeah and so you know that I think that that was really helpful for me right to like you know create and cultivate little pockets of love for myself in advance when you're in your better states before you go into the 10 to 14 days or what have you because you, you know, you won't be your highest self. You won't be that clear-headed, and that might be something nice that you can create for yourself in advance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think last question I have here is what advice do you have for other queer trans folks or honestly any folks interested in doing IVF? Um, one thing is, like, I feel like just really gathering information before you go in. Yeah. Like, going to a doctor's appointment, like, consulting, figuring it all out. Yeah. Um, and asking just, like, every question you possibly have. Yes, do that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's just anything you can do to sort of really prepare yourself for everything that's going to happen. Not that you can prepare yourself for everything, but yeah, the best you can. So that the surprises aren't... It's only a couple instead of, like, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully, if you've listened to this, there are, shouldn't be any surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's different, you yeah. know? But um, having support people, yeah, um, for sure, just, like, letting them know. Because I think a lot of people don't tell anyone, which, like, is totally your right, but I just would... I would be really yeah. lonely and not that okay, yeah. honestly, if I didn't... Like, you don't have to tell everyone like us, but you could... <laughs> right. <laughs> some close people... Yeah. Just so you have people, like, on your team during that time. You're going to need teammates. Yeah. 
you're gonna want teammates. Right. I mean, it's 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 exhausting. It's a and lot. it's a lot. I don't wish this um, alone on anyone. And yeah, I think like, I mean, bringing in whatever spiritual piece you have, like the surrender, because the wild part is like, we would la- actually laugh about this a lot, which is helpful. Um, just like cracking up about like the fact that we were doing all this and it's like, we're doing this for a chance that maybe possibly getting an embryo that maybe possibly becomes a baby. Like we're just like cracking up at how kind of absurd it is when you're doing it to think like you could have to do it again or it might not work. Um, and you know, being able to have some humor about that was helpful and like also just surrendering the things that aren't in our control and trying to trust that, you know, this is our journey and that's, that's that for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest advice for anyone listening, anyone curious about doing this is you better find who your spiritual connection is. Like whoever's your source, your God, your light, your universe, because you're going to need that motherfucker. Like if you think, if you don't believe in that, that's fine, but you will, I promise (laughs) you, because this, this is gonna, yeah, like this is, I would say like it's been such a spiritual test for for me and I've just been really grateful that I have that literacy and that knowledge and that conversation with myself like all the damn time so like I like Ali just said I really came to this with complete and utter surrender like we have no idea what's gonna happen I have no idea if any of this worked right and I I don't know right but I do trust that all the signs and the wisdom that I've been getting that's been pulling both of us in this direction to do this is guiding us to this direction for a particular reason, right? And so here we are and we're doing it. But yeah, like definitely, um, definitely spiritual connection has been like my rock because yeah, like, whoa, I don't, I don't even know what it would feel like if I didn't believe in, in something greater than me that's at work here because there's so much out of your control. Like you yeah. have no idea what's going to I think I said this in the last episode, but I think the trippy part is like, you're talking about like this whole science lab yeah situation so it sort of feels like in control because it's like a controlled environment but there's still so much out of your control there's so much out of your control and like Um, i you know i i'm a person that loves charts and numbers and percentages and graphs and like probabilities right and i like oh i got 13 eggs okay then that means this many is gonna end this like no like honestly you have no clue what's going to happen right and you don't know and that's the part where we don't know what's going to happen, right? That's the part where science can't answer those questions because you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes some people get some, sometimes some people get none, sometimes people get a lot, you know, you never know, you never know, right? And so for me, I think what's kept me alive and well and the advice that I would, I would hand out is to, you know, find whatever higher power you um, believe in, right, or respond to or value because you're going to need to really solidify that over this this will really test that relationship for sure yeah yeah in almost a silly way yeah i just have been praying so much and i've been looking for so many signs i'm like yeah i'm like being totally loony (laughs) right and like with the signs i mean yeah. yeah it's like with love for myself right but yeah i mean i'll take the main one which was that i got 13 eggs on the 13th. Oh, that's a real one. That one I, I like. That's a real one. Yeah. It's me just like looking at every single thing and being like, is that stick there for a reason? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. No, the 13 eggs on the 13th, that's solid. Yeah. That felt pretty good. That was a good omen. It feels pretty good. For so, sure. You know, I, I, you know, like we shared last time, I think we, we trust that we've been um, pulled into this, right? And uh, I just feel like we, you know, we have the power to do this, right? And like mm-hmm. we have been blessed with this opportunity and like yeah, we're fucking taking real. it. And you know, I just keep saying, yeah, I, I feel ready. If we are ready, then let it be. And hopefully, wow, tomorrow they'll fucking call us and tell us if all this made a difference. <laughs> <laughs> they sure will. Yeah. So um, I'm, we will update you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, shit. We will yeah, I won't sound this spiritual and calm tomorrow. I trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you won't. But no, you'll get okay. there again. It's okay. <laughs> I trust I trust what's supposed to happen is supposed to happen for us. I I believe um that we did this and went through all this for obviously reason lessons. I've learned so much, right? And I really, really am grateful that yeah. 
we have had the opportunity to do this. And, you know, again, you know, I'll close by saying that I'm really grateful to be able to share this, honestly, because like as a, as a trans masculine person, there's literally nothing out there about this. And so I'm gonna share this and I hope that people who are listening, who are curious, who are wondering what is asked of the body and their heart and their mind and their spirit now have a little bit better of an idea before they go in, you know? And I, I hope that if nothing, if nothing else, right, that you feel like, you know, you can do what you need to do, right? You're mm -hmm. better informed to make the choices that you wanna make for yourself. And you know, I hope that all your dreams come true, right? I hope there's hella more trans embryos out in the world. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. Thank you. Wish us luck. Love y'all.